0: The night of February 24, 1978, did not appear to have been out of the ordinary in Chico, California. But the California State University at Chico held a basketball game from which five of its attendees would walk into mystery and intrigue that would still be debated over four decades later.
1: The events that would unfold after the friends got into their car that night have remained a closely held secret to a small patch of wintry woods in Yuba County. Thank you for joining us today on the Supernatural Tendencies podcast
0: where we'll take to the trails in an attempt to explore some mysterious happenings in eastern California. And please hang out after the show for this week's Musician Spotlight. This week featuring Revelation Rain. I'm Alex. And I'm Christy. And this is episode 45, The Yuba Five. (laughs) <laughs> we're finally there. We got to, we had some issues again this week. Oh, these presets <sighs> are still never, not helping. So. There's
1: never any no-issue oh, days. We're still, I
0: uh, still need to check this audio. Hopefully you can hear us okay. Always something. Uh, hold on, we're going to get some feedback real quick. I'm going to check it just to make sure though. There we go. Okay, I just had to check it. Just check it to make sure. Just
1: checking the microphone. Ugh,
0: it came out, it came out pretty bad today and so we had to double check it and it's fine i'll take some time out to double check it but thank you for joining us again this week uh we're doing things a little bit different um today we went a full year with our original kind of uh setup that we had uh initially when we started the show we didn't quite know how to um Schedule it, how to format it. So we just kind of went with something that we felt comfortable with at the time, um, and now we're to the point of being over our first year of recording. Can you believe it? It's been it's been weird. It's I, I didn't feel like it's been that long, but it it has. So now we're gonna give this side a go. Uh, for those of you who are joining us on our um, live feed, it's not gonna be much different. Uh, Just because we do this anyway. In fact, uh, our audio listeners, what's going to be changing for you is we're not going to do the beginning epilogue. We're not going to be pre-recording the whole story. We're just going to basically read the story and discuss it all in one wrapped up package. I mean, we're venturing into what hour 45 minute episodes basically rehashing the same content in the discussion, but we did want to get people involved. The idea behind the lives was to get people involved, have some other questions being asked, um, as opposed to just having both of us do it or what have you. Granted, we do, you don't have many people watching, but it's fine. We'll get there one day and then we will have the interaction, but still it's going to be the same thing. I think we're just going to be able to save some time on the episodes, um, for editing and everything else. And then from the listener side, uh, Hey, hey, Kathleen, how you doing? Thanks for joining us. Uh, on the listener side, uh, we're going to be uh, basically just just getting right to the point more than anything, uh, as opposed to reading the whole story and then coming back and reading the story in parts and kind of you know making comments uh, in between. There, a lot of shows do that. So we're going to try our hand on it. This isn't set in stone. Uh, we will just be testing it. Uh, so if anybody has any, especially on our listener side, we d- we have a lot of people in our Facebook group. I think we have like 700 people in the Facebook group. But we only average about 100, maybe 100 and some listens every week. So if any of the our, our audio listeners... Um, like the old way better uh, the best way to change it back is to let us know so send us an email stpcmedia uh, at gmail.com letting us know if you like it or you don't like it what have you get it on our Facebook page our Facebook group let us know whether or not you you prefer us prefer it to do it us to do it this way or you like the old way better Let's, let us know we're just going to try some stuff up and we're just going to go through it like just like a live discussion kind of thing but we're going to read the whole thing
1: while we're doing a live discussion do you have any thoughts on that don't even get me started okay that didn't sound good not at all no i this was my suggestion way back when we started um but we weren't really sure like like you were saying how you know how we, we had to kind of find our groove you know what i mean not saying that we so, found it yet but well yeah yeah we'll give this a whirl yeah we're and, much better and we're we, much better on now yeah and we love feedback so yeah always let us know what you guys think one way or the other We sure appreciate that. Either way,
0: get at us. We'd like to hear from you. (coughs) Second thing today is you'll notice that
1: Miss Christina is not with
0: us. She's feeling a bit under the weather today and decided to take the day to herself to get better. Christina, uh, we hope you feel better and we're missing your presence here. Although um, we'd much prefer you not to be snotting all over your side of the uh, production I'm going to
1: lie to her though. I'm going to be like girl you know what we did i had a full taco bar spread and you know who was there and i made a cheesecake freaking lou ferrigno he showed up the hulk was here lou ferrigno was here yeah you missed
0: him yeah Ah, she's gonna she's not gonna believe it but it's fine yeah it's fine
1: tacos and lou ferrigno you
0: cannot go wrong
1: (laughs) You can't Indeed. go wrong. Indeed, that's true. Uh, a little bit of house
0: cleaning, Redline Radio. We are uh, affiliates of Redline Radio now. We do have our show spots specifically on Tuesdays from 4 to 5. Unfortunately, with our work schedules, we cannot be there for live during our time. So most of our yeah. time slots are usually filled with uh, back episodes and stuff like that just to have some content in, in the Redline lineup. Um, they're actually doing shows today. I believe it's uh, Shots with Comics on right now. So if you want to ditch us now, go ahead and go see Shots with Comics. Uh, we would we would completely understand. that. Yeah, yeah. That's a pretty funny. show. They got show. a lot of great shows on. Yep. Again, Redline their page. Radio uh, LLC is an online internet, well, duh, uh, radio station that you can get a hold of uh, for for music, for shows. They have a bunch of shows on there. Mm-hmm. They got some comedy podcasts, some uh, sports podcasts. Uh, fantasy and real, real sports talk. I believe there's some wrestling stuff on there. The Candare podcast at a out of Columbus, Ohio is on there for, for your nerdy and geeky stuff. Of course, we're on there with spooky, creepy stuff. So uh, there's there's something for everybody on the Redline. Literally, lineup. uh, it, you can get you can get at that on any browser. Uh, redlineradio.com I believe it is. Um, or they actually have an app. I believe it's only for Android right now. Hopefully, Apple will be coming soon. So if you do have an Android device, whether it be a tablet or uh, a phone, what have you, uh, down Download that Redline Radio app, and uh, it's just chocked full of entertainment value, and it's completely free. So check it out
1: for sure. Do we have anything else? Ah, uh, not that I can think of. Oh
0: man, we we had a, we had a long discussion before we got into it today. Uh, about cheers and i kind
1: of brought oh man not again you're killing me smalls if you if you spend any
0: time around me you know how much i love boston and uh boston adjacent to that in my life is of course the show cheers i know that i was only three years old when the last season came out and i don't care that i was (laughs) because i still i still watch cheers over and over again and we were talking about it and i don't remember what brought us around to it do you remember what brought us around to that discussion
1: can't remember now.
0: Uh, but uh, the uh, we were, uh, well, I was reminiscing, not that I had seen it in person, but reruns, of course, about the last episode of Cheers, how sad it really was, like subliminally, how, uh, first off, if you remember the first, I believe, four seasons of Cheers, Coach was on there, um, and Coach, in real life, passed away. So they mm-hmm. that's when they brought in Woody. So uh, they actually kept up uh, a picture of Geronimo in the back of the bar, and that picture of Geronimo was actually in Coach's dressing room, so they left it out in the filming as like a like
1: a memento a nod to, to him yeah. yeah
0: so in the last episode when sam's closing up uh he uh like adjusts you uh, know adjusts the picture on the wall of geronimo as like a last goodbye to coach and then he shuts down the lights and locks the door. So it was kind of sad that he's like saying goodbye to Coach one last time for yeah. the show. And even de- even further deeper into the sadness well, the idea behind Sam shutting off the lights and close and locking the door, he le- he like leaves the scene. But then you see someone come up to the door, and it's like a silhouette, and they're like trying to get in, and they can't. So the idea is is that like man every 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 week you heard the song, you know, uh, sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name, <laughs> right? And your then local now, bar. Your local bar. That's where you want to be, and now. It's not the place it's to go gone. anymore. It's gone. So I, I took her I took her down. I took her down with the sadness.
1: <laughs> I was I was about a nine, nine-ish <laughs> today, and, and right down to a three with that started, story. I'm like, are you serious right now? i started to explain to her the ending nuances of the
0: show Cheers that like, wow. happened
1: in I'm like, well, let's just do the show now. I don't even oh, care. Man.
0: And furthermore, uh, I told her, too, I don't think she knew this before I told her, that uh, they were willing to continue on the, the last season of... Of Cheers, Ted Danson decided not to re-up on his contract on continuing yeah. the show. Uh, so they said, okay, well, uh, can we have, you know, they asked um, Woody Harrelson if he would like to continue. And he said, no, if Ted Danson wasn't going gonna to continue, he didn't want to either. So that's ultimately where Cheers ended. Uh, it would have kept going if Woody Harrelson would have said, yeah, I'll take it. And they were going to have, obviously, probably Woody buy the bar from Sam or something like you that. You know what
1: but- I love, though? I love that Kelsey Grammer kind of came in there with Frazier. Yeah. And thank God, because yeah. I wouldn't have made it. You I mean, know, I wouldn't have made it through.
0: In all, in all honesty, though, like him and and what was her name? It was Bebe Newworth. Lilith. Lilith. Uh, towards the like towards the end there, like that whole thing got like tiresome.
1: It it did a little like, bit, especially when it could, because because uh, Niles and Daphne finally get together. No, I you mean, let's talk about Fr- Cheers. Oh, in, oh, okay, I thought you, you know, meant Frazier. Yeah,
0: because because obviously, if you don't, if you don't know, then I'm just gonna <laughs> on <along> the head. <laughs> Frazier is a spinoff of Cheers, where uh, Frazier Crane from Cheers, who was a local. Psychologist, wherever comes into the, the Cheers yeah. bar, uh, moves to Seattle, become the what the radio psychiatrist or whatever the yeah. calling radio host. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but during Cheers, man, like is when Bebe Newworth was with him Lilith in the show, and they, it was kind of weird. Well, at first it was him and um, Shelly Long. Yeah. And they don't get married because Shelley Long and Sand the whole thing. Yeah. But then by the end of it, it's just like, like, Frasier was awesome until like the end. And it just kind of got like, blah. But then Frasier came back hard because Frasier is a freaking good show too. So. Oh,
1: I love that. one of my favorite shows. Okay. One. Okay. Let's get off this. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. What are we talking about? We're not talking about Cheers and Frasier We're going to talk
0: about Frasier oh and Cheers. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We're talking about the Yuba Five. And I'll be honest with you. I had never heard of this case before. I seen it on your list. Yeah, and it's actually considered. Uh, p- people have labeled it the Diatlov Pass of America. Mm-hmm. Which, if you don't know that, um, I kind of addressed that in the script a little bit. If you don't know that one, we are not going to get into that one because that is such.
1: That's a huge case, though. That is a lot of bramble,
0: tangle, bush yeah. of just shittery in that one. So we're not. We're not going to cover that. Uh, plenty of other shows have and they could, they've could they done a much better job than we can at this point in time. We know our capabilities right now. So we're going to leave that one to them. Uh, but this, in my opinion, the Yuba 5 is probably going to be the closest that we really want to get to a true crime show. Yeah. Because we're not really into the true crime thing. We like true crime, but to cover true crime, not only is it more, more saturated than our current market that we're in with the, with yeah. the creepy stuff, but also there are people who, who know these things in and out. And there's a lot more nuance is most of the time the true crime especially if you have like cases like Ted Bundy or something like something like that his his life and times and actions I mean we're, we we stay away from that for now. So in my opinion, the UBA 5 gets pretty close to true crime, mm-hmm. but there's still an air of mystery about it. So that's why we wanted to cover it. So, yeah. so we're kind of trying to bridge that gap, trying, not trying to bridge that gap between uh, spooky, creepy, and true crime. So you ready to start this off? I'm ready. All right. On the night of February 24th, 1978. Oh, I'm sorry. The night of February 24th, <laughs> 1978 did not appear to have been out of the ordinary in Chico, California. But the California State University at Chico held a basketball game from which five of its attendees would walk into mystery and intrigue that would still be debated over four decades later. The events that would unfold after the friends got into their car that night have remained a closely held secret to a small patch of wintry woods in Yuba County. Sorry, introduction. Did you you like it? Yeah. Did you like that one? Yeah, that was good. I spent some extra time on that one. Yeah. Yeah. All (laughs) right. So let's begin our story. The Sierra Nevada mountain range gives and it takes away. While while providing California with around 60% of its annual rainfall, it also provides some very harsh conditions during certain parts of the year. Conditions highlighted in popular memory by the Donner Party tragedy in 1846, I think we all know about that one, Uh, in just one example. While a relatively smaller range than some others we have in the U.S., California's Sierra Nevadas are no less dangerous. But our story today does does not have the simple answer of a landslide, avalanche, a misstep that led to a nasty fall or even a mountain lion attack. No, for those who may be privy our story today is also known as the American Dyatlov Pass, which may allude to more of a story than the run of the mill tales of misfortune. We must already take a quick aside before we get much further as it sits currently, we have not colored cu- oh colored oh. <laughs> We have not covered the Diatlov Pass just yet, but plenty of other shows have. Until we decide to hike up our big podcaster's pants in order to take on such a deep and mysterious story, please refer to those who have done a fantastic job covering that incident, such as Astonishing Legends, for example. Kudos to those diligent people. Uh, because they do a great job they do do a great job they do fantastic fantastic work if you haven't uh if you haven't heard those we've plugged them numerous times before i'll do it again today since i specifically call them out Mm -hmm. on any of your podcast platforms that you find uh if if you're listening to us spotify um stitcher iHeartRadio, look up astonishing legends they have like a whole research team so they do just amazing work yeah so check them check them people out but we won't go much more into detail to avoid spoilers both for us today and that story for you so go on with our story. Their families referred to them as the boys, even though their ages were in their 20s and 30s. The term stemmed from the learning disabilities of all five men exhibited in some way while still living at home with their parents. While still high functioning, some of them would, cons- some would consider this as a contributing reasons to the events to come. The oldest, Ten Weir, quit his job as a janitor and then a snack bar attendant because his family felt that his disabilities were causing him unneeded stress. Weir was considered slow, a term that con- that considered him to have some difficulty operating at a pace that was expected. Weir considered Jack Hewitt his best friend. Weir would act as a vigilant big brother, making arrangements that Hewitt needed and making sure his general well-being was in an organized manner. Bill Sterling and Jack Madruga would also consider themselves best friends. Jack Madruga, Jack Madruga, a high school graduate, would be would be one of the two. ...in the group to have a driver's license and had formerly been recruited into the Army. Our final person, Gary Mathias, was the other former member of the Army and driver's license holder. He had been discharged to psychiatric issues stemming from his diagnosed schizophrenia. He had been employed at his stepfather's gardening business to help with uh, day-to-day operations. His memory or intentions had been, able, had been to forget his medica- uh, medications that led to violence. Let me reread that. That sounds cool. <laughs> uh, his memory... <laughs> His memory or intentions had been known to forget his medication that could lead to violence, from which earned him assault charges on two occasions. He was no stranger to the veterans' hospital visits that were also byproducts of these non-medicated episodes. All five were functioning members of their community, and while they all did attend daily programs for adults with learning disabilities, the ebb and flow of some of the individual's mental states would be cause for concern them in some situations so starting off the story um all all of our members here all five uh jack hewitt william sterling jack madruga uh ted weir and gary matthias all in some way have some type of learning disabilities mm-hmm. now um we try we could tread lightly in this story today because i think the common the common mentality of um i don't i don't want to sound like this but there was a definite def- devout Viewing of people with disabilities back in the in the nineteen seventies. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, like even the terms, um, like retarded. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure that's when that came about, which is not a commonly held vernacular. Day is definitely yeah. not, not a nice word anymore. But the idea that, they, that that people with disabilities were looked upon differently, and and they kind of still are, but to the put to the idea of them being more a little more self reliant. Mm-hmm. So the the mainstay of this story is oh, you always have this little thing in the back of your head, or at least they did then, of of whatever we're gonna gonna, gonna be getting into, that that did did, did this contribute? Yeah. Okay? Did, did, did their their whatever disabilities each one had did it contribute to to the ultimate outcome? Mm-hmm. Getting on with the story. Madruga would pick up his four other friends in his 1969 Mercury Montego, we have a picture for that, and head to the basketball game on February 24th. All five men were avid basketball fans and even had plans to play a game of their own the next morning for the rehabilitation center they all attended. Nothing out of the ordinary had been reported or immediately after the game. They departed the game around 10 p.m. and would stop at a convenience store for assorted snacks. From their food stop, it should have only taken them about 45 minutes to get home, but that remains to be seen joseph Scans, sometimes pronounced shones so i don't know like it's spelled that way too yeah so i don't there's a couple different Jones, things Jones. so i'm probably gonna keep saying Scans because i just like stuck with one so um if anybody knows mr mr joseph sorry no, i apologize <laughs> sorry
1: for butchering your name bunch of different people
0: spelled it wrong so i'm gonna see which one We're just gonna pick one and we're gonna go with it uh joseph Scans was traveling to his cabin the night on uh, the night of the boy's disappearance the road he would be on would be a rather out-of-the-way location near the Rogers Cow Camp in the Plumas National Forest. Scott's would be scouting the conditions in the area to see if his family would be safe to come up for the weekend. Snow had fallen and there was enough accumulation of snow uh, to slowly st- uh, slow, to slow and eventually stop his car. Assessing that he was officially stuck, he exited the vehicle in an attempt to push his car free from the entrapment. Making things much worse, not long after attempting to dislodge his car, he began to feel pains in his chest. Uh-oh. Scones was, in fact, having a mild heart attack at the age of 55. See, like, that would be my kind of luck. That... You know, it's, it's... I'll tell you what, if you're from a state or from an area that doesn't get, get snow, okay? They have We have various types of snow. If mm. you're not aware, there are different types of snow. Yes, I know you're going to say it's all cold, it doesn't matter. It kind of does, okay? Sometimes you get that light, powdery snow and then sometimes you get real oh, yes. he- like wet heavy snow um you get w- like wet heavy snow right in this wet heavy snow they'll actually put out warnings for people who are of older older ages uh to be careful when shoveling because you don't realize how much work you're actually doing when you're shoveling this heavy snow and heart attacks are commonplace oh
1: for sure <laughs> every yeah.
0: winter around here uh you just you you've done it your whole life you've shoveled the snow and then that one extra wet day of snow like whammo packs in there's your heart attack yeah there's so, your heart
1: attack <laughs> so this
0: isn't crazy i mean even more so this is not him shoveling obviously it's him trying to dislodge his car from the snowpack that he's in but he's, he's now experiencing a mild heart attack carrying on scott's would sit trying to catch his breast <laughs> breast that's a different story scott's would sit trying to catch his breath thinking of what to do next Being miles from any help, he didn't have many options. As if cosmically teasing him, he did notice two sets of headlights pass by. One vehicle he would say was a pickup truck that would be accompanied by a car around 11.30pm. He would state that the vehicles would stop 20 feet from him, but as opposed to helping the man who was trying to flag them down, the passengers of both vehicles would load into the truck and leave the area. Later he would notice what he said were a group of flashlights out of his car window. Skaan said he would get out of his car and scream for help to the group. He identified the group as consisting of a group of men, a woman, and a baby, oddly enough. He could hear the group whispering, but when he called out to them, the flashlight suddenly went out and the whispering ceased. Despite these odd set of circumstances that first appeared to be his saving graces, Skaan's outlook seemed very bleak. After collecting himself for some time, he would find his car out of gas and himself seemingly out of options. He then began to make the eight-mile hike for help down the same road that he had a firm grap- that had, had a firm grasp on his vehicle. In an ironic twist, while he was still in fear for his own safety, Sconce had passed by, you would guess it, a 1969 Mercury Montego.
1: What's that look? That's weird. <laughs> That's come on now.
0: Uh, he would pass a 1969 Mercury Montego on his journey, but would think that it must have been from the flashlight toting group he had seen earlier in the night. He didn't suspect anything to be amiss and would not report the car to the authorities. The car would not be taken into consideration until after the boys had been reported missing. Scones would come to the somber realization that he may have been the last person to see the group alive. The boys' family sensed something immediately wrong when they didn't come home the night from the game. Furthermore, by the next morning, for their own game. We are in Sterling's parents phoned their concerns to the police and they began a search soon after. I cannot read today. I'm going to take a drink.
1: <clears throat> you want me to carry on? or Do you want to try? Sure. Go ahead. Okay. So the Mercury Montego would be discovered on February 28th at the prompting of a park ranger. The ranger would phone in the tip after hearing the description in the missing persons report the state of the car would only lead to more questions of what exactly transpired the night of the basketball game. The car appeared to be in good condition. It was adjacent to a snowdrift, which most likely made the tire lose traction. It was noted, however, that five men should have easily been able to push the car free of the minimal snag in which the car was sitting. Oops, I lost my place there. Oopsie, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Empty junk food wrappers littered the car, and the keys had been taken. And there was still plenty of gas in the car's gas tank. So the fact... I lost my place here. So the fact that the men, who had been lightly clothed, had decided it best to trudge out in the dense surrounding woods in the wintertime, as opposed to dislodging the vehicle, still remains a mystery. So, you know, like, why? Why? doesn't doesn't make any sense there but why hadn't the group made their way back from where they had come downhill instead they decided to head uphill in the same direction they had been driving the park service did report that they had a snowcat vehicle in the area clearing the road of snow creating four to six foot drifts in some areas was it as simple as the boys making their way in the direction of the cleared road, hoping to happen upon some help? Unfortunately, if this were the case, they would be gravely mistaken. All right, let's take a moment. So, essentially,
0: <coughs> um, I'm not sure if we spoke to this or not, but um, the Mercury Montego uh, would have been just covered with wrappers and stuff and stuff from, from the snack run, right? Yeah. Um, and it didn't appear that the car was actually stuck. Like... Kind of on the surface, maybe. Maybe it slipped a few times, but it wasn't stuck-stuck. Yeah. So... uh A few people let alone five people could have easily dislodged the car Mm -hmm. so the the initial thought was is why why didn't they just dislodge
1: the car what or did something prevent them from dislodging the car that that's that's another that's
0: another kind of side thought if if you can't get through why they did this yeah
1: and then furthermore as opposed to
0: walking back where you came which seems to be like the logical thought whenever your car breaks down yeah you know what you've seen behind you so Of course, it would have to be pretty detrimental circumstances for you to continue on if you don't know the area. Mm -hmm. Maybe they did, so maybe then there was something up there, but that's not what it's looking like. Let's just say you're driving in a desert, and you're not from the desert or something, and you're driving, your car breaks down. Your first thought was, where was the last gas station I seen? Right? Not, we're going to walk forward and hopefully find a gas station. Yeah. So that's kind of the idea, and and, and maybe they had seen uh, where the park service had actually... um, cleared some of the road and kind of created big drifts on either side of the road so maybe they thought that someone was up ahead because the the clearing the, the park rangers had cleared so maybe there's a building or a station or mm. something like that so all these questions are going through investigators minds which puts us here so you want, i'm sorry you want, go ahead and continue i just want yeah, to make yeah. sure we wrap up <coughs> where we were
1: So the search party grew to include helicopters, police dogs, and numerous people all in pursuit of some clues to the boys' whereabouts. The rocky terrain and solid covering of snow would conceal any real insight. The police would also follow up on Mr. Schoen's sighting of the pickup truck on the same night as the disappearances, and they came up with nothing the boy's family's even offered up a $2600 reward for any information and would go as far to even look into psychics to aid the search they would have they would have to anxiously wait for another 4 months to pass before any kind of answers would surface So, in July of that year, a motorcyclist, or a small group of motorcyclists, would be traveling a road 19 miles from where the men's car had been found. They noticed a forest service trailer that showed a broken window. So, curiosity got the better of them, and they started an inspection of the location. Upon entering the trailer, they found a body, fully wrapped in sheets, laying in a bed. They made the wise decision to then call the police. The body of one of the boys, Ted, and I hope I'm not saying this wrong. I've ted weird, weird, Weir. yeah, had finally been found. His toes had a serious case of frostbite, most likely not aided by the fact that he was not wearing any shoes. The grisly discovery reignited the search for the others, and the next day the bodies of William Sterling and Jack Madruga would be found. The car keys still in Madruga's pocket. Laying on opposite sides of the road four and a half miles from the trailer, both men had been exposed to the elements and to scavengers. How, that's awful. Mm-hmm. Animals had taken the opportunity for an easy meal and had scattered Sterling's remain over, remains over 50 feet. Unfortunately, due to both time and predators, not much remained of Sterling save bones i was like wait what does that say (laughs) so yeah not much remained of him except for the bones Mm -hmm. Uh, while jack hewitt would also be found two days later the condition of his body wouldn't fare much better while while in a search party his father discovered a piece of backbone and some clothing 100 yards downhill from the clothing an assistant sheriff would happen upon the rest of hewitt the horrifying confirmation would be made by a family dentist, who would then use dental records to identify the remains as certainly those of Jack Hewitt. Despite a second exhausting search, very few signs of the location or whereabouts of Gary Mathias were uncovered. One peculiar thing of, uh, to note would lead back to the lack of shoes observed on both Ted Weir, up. Uh, Observed on Ted Weir, excuse me. Upon further investigation, Matthias's shoes were found lying in the forest trailer. It is surmised that Matthias possibly switched his tennis shoes out for Weir's leather shoes uh, before making his way out of the cabin. Okay. That's a lot to take in. So, we have...
0: Six months was oh four months four later months. after 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 the initial search parties came through four months later they would still find nothing okay uh, then we have these motorcyclists or a motorcyclist or a group of motorcyclists which automatically in my mind in 1970s it's like straight up hell's angels oh, yeah that's what I thought uh, hell's angels <laughs> just having a good old time um in in Yuba County uh, happen upon the forest trailer with a broken window so their first thought is I'm assuming good Samaritan hell's angels were to go was to go search the, you know what's going on with this broken window yeah inside they find the body of ted weir now what's interesting about ted weir is that the state of his body was was pretty decomposed yeah and he was wrapped in sheets
1: yes yeah, so and somebody obviously wrapped him yeah,
0: yes because i okay now i, I want to make sure that we're clear on this i don't think it was wrapped in sheets as in i'm cold i'm gonna need to wrap up it was more of like a like mm. a burial thing yeah uh he was missing his shoes so if he got in in there then his shoes were off. They also found Matthias's shoes. So I think he had more like sneakers on while Weir had like leather shoes on. Mm-hmm. So after searching around, they end up finding the bodies of William Sterling and Jack Madruga, uh, as well as Jack Hewitt, all in varying states of decay, but mostly by this time scattered bones. Um, they did have to use like dent- the dental records and stuff um, to to identify some of them but we're 19 miles from where they had the car the car was found 19 miles they had got to this forest trailer um some of them either didn't make it to the trailer or they they made it to the trailer and then tried to venture out got lost or something uh but 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 regardless at least they're found now and in, and in, in, in it was a very tragic way mm-hmm. um the only one not found so far is is gary matthias uh they haven't found uh, the only thing they found of him, obviously, was his shoes, like we said, yeah. ago. So, uh, do not want me to continue? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, where were we?
1: The state of Weir's body. There we go. The st- <laughs> where
0: are we? <laughs> the state of Weir's body would, get, would give other clues to what might have happened or what might have occurred in the time after the men's disappearance. Weir's body was observed to have significant facial hair growth. This, coupled with the fact that his body appeared in a, in a starved state, led authorities to believe that he may have survived up until around three months after venturing out of the snowy car or the snow stuck car. The further addition of the possible shoe switch out by Matthias led investigators to theorize that the two had spent at least some time together in the trailer. With Weir's Weir's body being so thoroughly wrapped in sheets it's not hard to imagine Matthias paying respects to the body before leaving it in the cold. This of course leads us to many more questions. The trailer was equipped with a propane tank that would have provided the trailer with ample enough heat for some time. Not only had the tank remained untouched, no attempts had been made to cover the broken window that would surely have let in the cold. Furthermore, the trailer was equipped with heavy clothing, books, wood furniture, all that could have been used as burnable material to keep the cold at bay. Also, while Weir's body was in a state of starvation, there were only 12 12 open cans of food and some assorted freeze-dried meals that had been eaten, when numerous cans and dried goods remained unopened. The discovery of a can opener in the trailer only further deepens this mystery as to why it seemed that Weir didn't didn't make many attempts to stave off death. Very little comfort would be gained from the information the Woods decided to give. The events leading up to the car coming to rest where it did were still very much in question. As the boys left the basketball game, as as opposed to making the journey south for less than an hour home, they decided to turn east and drive 70 miles into the mountains. Why? Could it have been a simple case of being lost and confused? The the situation still made all the more baffling when one considers that the roads leading from the home to the university game were totally devoid of snow. This case was quickly becoming plagued with wise. I do have a picture of that map that I wanted to show. Now, if you look at this map, can you zoom in on it yeah. at all? Okay. Uh, if you look at this map, top left there, where the blue starts, I believe, was where the basketball game was. And you could see where uh, the trip should have turned at, two, at the mile mark of their 2 hours, 21 minutes. As opposed to turning south there, they end up going east and going up into the mountains. What, doubling their trip at least? More than doubling their trip? Yeah. So... They end up, I think, the mountain house circles where they were found, I believe, but regardless they're go they're going not the opposite way, but
1: not for sure. Could it be one of those things where they maybe, like, missed their turn, missed their road? it could have been. Um, very well could have been. But then you're that far out. At what point, you know what I'm saying? Like, at what point do you go? Yep,
0: and now we're we're into the Sierra Nevadas. Now, to my my knowledge, they're in a valley. So, I'm wondering how often uh, this area of California actually gets snow. And, of course, in my mind, being completely ignorant of most of California, the only California that I really know is San Diego and L.A., where if you get snow, you're not getting snow. You're not getting snow. So... If you start seeing snow, is that an indication that we might not be in the right spot? Yeah. You know, but that's, of course, coming from an outsider's point of view. Maybe they do get snow often enough to get confused as to whether or not they're actually on the right track. But, yes, it could have been something as simple as that, taking the wrong direction. You know,
1: and then it goes goes back to the beginning. If all five of them had some type of... um, Mental disability. Yeah, Yeah. then would that play into it? You know, they don't... Without knowing their level of... um, Oh, you know what I mean. Uh responsibility. I I, I am uh, just devoid of words today. Let me let me just
0: answer it because I think I know where you're <coughs> going.
1: Uh yes. How, how how their level of understanding, I guess. But at the same time,
0: they they took their driver's license test and they passed That's just it true. with enough yeah. cognitive ability to be able to operate a motor vehicle. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
1: And you would think, I mean, uh, not really knowing, you know, again, this is back in the 70s, but you know, nowadays you would think it, the family members would be like, "Oh no, no, you're not driving." You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I kind of have to assume that their level of understanding is should be pretty good. Yeah,
0: uh, Kathleen says intelligence. Uh, I don't want to go as far as to say intelligence, but the idea that they can they can assess a situation and realize when. When it, when they're fully da- in danger, whether yeah, or not um, yeah. they can they can ascertain whether or not they've actually taken a wrong turn to the point to not drive seventy miles in yeah. the opposite direction, uh. But but this has to kind of be brought up. I mean, but at the same time, like I said, they've taken they've taken both. I'm assuming the written and the. the the physical driving portion of
1: of the test and been deemed competent
0: to be able to drive
1: they did drive themselves
0: to their adult classes they did play back they drove to the basketball games that they played themselves they drove to the basketball game that night being 45 minutes from home so that's like from us driving from here to 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 toledo yeah granted that was a straight it's a straight shot from here you get on 75 you get off 75 and and they, they boom, are. Boom, boom. uh so so but obviously those their parents were fine with letting them go. So to have something like this, I don't want to say outrageous, but out of left field to happen already sets sets the, the ball rolling on a set of circumstances that's just, just odd starting off. Okay. Yeah. Because not only did they take the wrong turn, they took the wrong turn and went very far out of their way yeah. to get to where they were. Um where were we? Oh, we're right here. One plausible. One plausible. One plausible theory is that Matthias had convinced the others to visit someone he knew in Forbstown, some 50 miles southeast of Chico. A simple wrong turn that, a snow, that turns down a snowy road could have easily placed them in a situation to believe that their vehicle to be stuck and themselves stranded. At least we have a possible solution how they came to be in the area. The next question would be how they made it to their final resting places. Had Matthias and Weir made the others stay in the vehicle while they went to find help? placing them in the cabin 19 miles from the vehicle. This could have led to the duo not returning, forcing the others to strike out on their own, and eventually succumb to the elements before reaching Matthias and Weir. But in this scenario, did Matthias really stay with Weir for up to three months until he died, then leave the trailer never to be seen again? Again, plausible, but there are more nefarious theories as well. Some, even the families, have cast the doubt as to whether or not the group had gone to the location willingly. Melba Madruga, Jack's mother, would tell the Los Angeles Times that quote, "We know good and well somebody made them do it." Miss Madruga was certain that her son would avoid every situation that may damage his car. She asserts that he prized and cared for it, uh, prized and cared for his car too much to make a trip to such a remote location and it would be out of the que- uh, uh, completely out of the question. Furthermore, the car was found with its windows rolled down. Something that Jack would never have done unless, unless under duress of some kind. Miss Madruga went as far as to say that Jack was either tricked or threatened. Ted Weir's sister-in-law would wonder if the group had seen something at the basketball game parking lot of a nefarious nature. Whatever, what, whatever may have been witnessed, she wonders if, the, if it were important enough for the boys to have been followed and to have fear for their lives. One theory might put the blame on Matthias. With his history of schizophrenia, it is possible that he had something to do with the ultimate fate of the group. While not attempting to overreach, he had been known to not keep up on his medication. These lapses in medication had led to violence in his past. It is interesting to note that he had not taken any extra doses with him, as the group had planned on returning from the game in time for his medication schedule. Whatever the reason reason for them to be stranded, Matthias couldn't have been much past his medication time, maybe even past multiple doses. If these were the circumstances, it may not be overly accusatory to wonder if his mental stability had come to the point of being shaken enough to be a cause of concern. So essentially, there, without saying outward outwardly or not, you know, blaming Matthias here. But if they went to the basketball game and he didn't, he didn't think that he would need to take extra medication because they would have been back with plenty of time. Yeah. Whatever the means of them getting out there, whether it was a wrong turn or what have you. Uh, he certainly wouldn't have had medication to, to get past that. So was there a point in time where they were stuck for so long that he was past his medication. Medica- his medica- Why do I keep coming back to that? Going past his medication uh, and and letting his, not letting his, but having his schizophrenia kind of take over and did something, did he do something bad? Or did he lead them astray in some way? Or You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, see, this is just my thought on this on this particular theory is that you know and i'm trying to remember too that this is 1970 so it's not the same Mm -hmm. medications that we have nowadays um you know i i would tend to think that if he had the schizophrenia he would be on some type of uh you know long-term acting what medication so something like lithium uh lithium around. was it was it around the i'm 1970s? pretty sure well, lithium's Th- been around for a long time there
0: was another one before lithium that was used along thorazine, with, Haldol, thorazine. things mm-hmm.
1: like that but a lot of these medications especially for schizophrenia mm-hmm. would have been medications that okay you've got to you've got to take it say for two weeks or a month before you start to see any kind of um y- y- changes in mood or actions yeah, right yeah so just the fact of him even if he missed a couple of doses it, i mean it, it might make a little bit of difference but in the big picture not really
0: because he has he already has it because built up he already in has
1: it built up in his system now if he's on something like um you know n- nowadays we we would we would think of like uh a xanax or mm-hmm. something like that you know where it's going to kick in and it's also going to wear off fast okay. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so it, it really all depends what kind of medication he was on but i would really think especially you know with having schizophrenia that it would be a long acting yeah you know so yeah missing a couple doses probably isn't going to make that big of a difference
0: yeah and, and let's be honest too like when we're talking well at least when i'm talking about ha- th- this having an effect on the situation yeah would have been them um missing the turn or wrong turning and then exiting the vehicle. Um, if they're in, well, I'm not talking about extended periods of time. So if we're at the point, let's just say that we're and and Matthias are in the cabin together and his medication wears off. I'm not talking about after that, because let's be honest, if we're stuck in a survival situation with another person for months at a time, or we're isolated, the human mind does crazy stuff.
1: Oh, sure. And I'm
0: not saying that it would have been excusable in that situation for Matthias to do something bad, whether it be, killing him which that's not that we're not saying that he did because it look, it's looking more like starvation yeah but any nefarious actions that uh, we were thinking or this theory is thinking Matthias may have taken if it's not if his medication or lack of medication wouldn't have affected anything up until the point where they exited the vehicle initially then I'm not thinking it's a it's 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 making the situation worse afterward. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: It still doesn't change the fact, though, that you've got five men. Mm-hmm. The car isn't, like, buried, half buried in snow. I mean, like, yeah. you could lift it up and kind of move it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why did they not do that? You yeah. know,
0: And that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is that, is that unless that medication is stopping him from logically thinking, hey, we're really not stuck. Just, guys, let's get behind this and push it, and we're going to be good. Yeah. If that's not the case, we are far beyond any type of normal situation that is kind of where this situation takes a crazy turn. Yeah. You know, this is where the oddity starts when they exit the vehicle and are not pushing it to get it free of what it was or what, you know, what was sticking there. um, That, that is where we're getting the, the, the medication thing in my mind, at least.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Carry on. Carry on. One other theory that might put the blame on Matthias with his history. Of, oh, we already read that one. Oh, my gosh. Where are you at? One thing pointing <laughs> against this lack of evidence for violence in the remains of the, or in the, uh, remains of the victims found. Authorities ruled that the cause of death uh, in those found were most likely due to overexposure to the elements. Although, as Matthias would be riding the line of worry without his medication, the theory hasn't escaped the minds of at least a few individuals involved. As with the majority of those who had happened upon this case, the families of the boys haven't gotten to concre- uh, have gotten any concrete answers mm. to this day. No one has a clear indication as to why the group decided to take the snowy, scenic route that night. No one knows how they came to be in their final resting spots. Lastly, nothing of Gary Mathias has yet to turn up. No remains, no indication on his whereabouts, nothing. As we anxiously await answers to any part of this story, the most unfortunate part is that the years march on, the less likely they will ever come like grains of sand through the public's fingertips this case wraps up as an unsolved mystery if there ever was one that's crazy so that's that's where we come with the story now we've like like we say every show we've taken multiple sources into account here Um, (coughs) could we have gone deeper well anybody can go deeper I mean that's that's Point of fact. Uh, so there may be some stuff we're missing, but all in all, this is this is the actual. This is how the story has ended. Unfortunately enough, we have uh, they had found the bodies of at least four of the members, but the fifth one of the Uba Five uh, is still is still missing. So whether or not, um, I mean, and when we're t- we're talking, we're still talking nineteen miles from the car. So. Again, going back to some of these theories that all of them make it to the cabin to eat some of these meals and then kind of branch out. Did they make it and then someone decided to try to... Did Matthias go, okay, well, you guys stay. I'm going to try to find help. He took too long and then they tried to venture out too, eventually getting lost and then becoming overexposed. There's a lot of different questions as to why these bodies... Because these bodies weren't found in a group. They were kind of strewn across a a couple different miles. Not their bodies. Their bodies were strewn across a couple different feet. But the locations of the bodies were across a couple different miles surrounding this trailer. Um, The next question I have is if the park rangers were recently there with one of those snow cats clearing out the road, what... Didn't they see the car? No, wouldn't they be there more
1: often than three months to go to the trailer? I would think. Am I missing something No, I, I, yeah, I thought the same thing.
0: Like, if there's that much snow, that the next time that that someone finds evidence would be these motorcyclists who obviously aren't driving in the snow. Uh, Yeah. I'm I'm assuming that the snow is gone. Uh, Why clear the road if you're not going to use it? That's just a waste
1: of gas and time. I I, I would think, yeah. You'd
0: think they'd be back up there for some reason. If you're not going, if you don't plan on going back up there why even waste the resources and the time to clear the road mm-hmm. you know what i mean like yeah. okay but whatever so we have a bunch of different things that if just done slightly different and by no by no nobody's fault um, could have could have possibly helped
1: well let's go back to the beginning with this uh other pickup truck or whatever it was with the flashlight yeah that's
0: right we never covered that go ahead so yeah.
1: because uh, initially I'm trying to think when I, reading through the story here, okay, now what could happen that would make them leave this car, right? It's Mm -hmm. it's snowing, it's cold out, very cold out. Something major is going to have to happen for you to leave the comfort of, of that car. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Your chances of being found... Kind of rest with people seeing the car yeah. happening upon you, and I might have right?
0: mi- I might have missed it. I think there was still gas in the Montego. Yeah, so. yeah.
1: So why? What big event? What happened to make them leave this car? Yeah, you know, surely they had to have felt that either a their life was in danger and they needed to immediately leave the area, mm-hmm. or b someone made them leave the area. Yeah. In my mind, it's one of those two things. Well, how
0: about how about with the window being down? Did they happen to see another group that uh, Mr. Shones had seen, and they rolled down the window to yell out the window?
1: Possibly because their yeah. window
0: was was partially down or however far down. And then then maybe they tried to get to that other group, which the other group is odd too because Mr. Mr. Shones had said that there was a group of men, a woman, and a baby. So like the woman was holding a baby.
1: Yeah. Walking through. A snowy wood. See, like in my mind, I'm picturing what movie is that where, like, the town people coming through, like the town murders them, and oh, I can't think is of the name the of town it. The town that dreaded sundown. Maybe, possibly, yeah, I think. Where so they it's to... kind of like, and so wait a minute. So you have these guys, these group of five guys. You have the the couple with the baby. Yep. Now, is that the same couple with the flashlights, or is this another? Yes, no. Okay, that's what I thought, but i reading back through. Yeah. So now you've got two people on this road, at mm-hmm. least two d- separate parties. Well, now three, the, kind of.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. Feasibly four, if if we're going to try to take in from Shones' point of view, Yeah. I guess. Because you have Shones. You have the random pickup truck that yeah, that's what I was thinking. Was picking the pickup up truck and dropping off yeah, and you have then the other group of men, women,
1: and baby baby, and then possibly the UBA five yeah. So three to four groups maybe. And this is just in the span of right right around the time that the, this whole thing happened
0: in the middle of nowhere. In
1: the middle of nowhere, but then <laughs> but then you have the park rangers only coming to clean the roads off once every three or four months. Wait, what? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like that's not. Yeah. I'm I'm feeling a cover up. Something is going on here. Something's weird, right? Yeah, like my, my 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 spidey senses are like no no no. And all of
0: these different theories and all of these different oddities about this case is exactly why it's refer, referred to as yeah. America's Dyatlov Pass. Yeah. Um, of course, we have that 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 cloud hanging over our head that the that these men were suffering from some mental disabilities Mm -hmm. so did those did that play a factor in decisions and outcomes and possible well um, see that's
1: yeah well see that's why uh, initially i was like okay something scary happened Mm -hmm. i mean i you know i don't want to say like a cryptid monster or they saw something really scary and kind of fled uh to find this trailer and then we're too scared oh if we go out it's gonna get us you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But then you add in the other parties that were there that night. I don't know. I don't know. That's just really And what would you what would a man and a woman with a baby be doing out in such a remote a area? Yeah, with a baby yeah. in the middle of wintertime yeah. in such a remote area. Yeah.
0: And I think Shones had even said that maybe It doesn't make sense. Shones, Shones had even admitted, I think, that maybe he maybe he missed remembers there being a woman and a baby because he was having a freaking heart attack at the time. Well, yeah. Uh, I don't want to say that he was hallucinating things because is that a common thing when you're having a heart attack? We'll have to ask Daryl.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, you can have, obviously, mental confusion because your your brain is not receiving adequate oxygen. Okay, so maybe so, that was So, yeah, yet. that could definitely play a part in it. So, But that's just one person. What about the other 4 Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep, and then the couple vehicles that were seen, and obviously when he was walking back,
0: he had said he'd seen the 1969 Mercury Montego. Yeah. And he actually came back to the police saying that, hey, I had seen this when I was coming back. I didn't say anything just because I didn't think it was a big deal. Yeah. like There was nothing going on until I heard that there was a report of these guys being missing who were driving yeah. Mercury Montego. So, yeah, I saw, I seen it. And I didn't think it was a big deal at the time because I was having a heart attack. And yeah, I, I had more home. important
1: things to worry about. <laughs> oh, than man. These, you know, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. What's your take on this? What do you think? could possibly you you know i every time i think about it i i start to
0: lean one way yeah and then i'll read it again i'm like no no and then i'll start i'll lean another way so i i gotta say that i honestly don't know and i know i say that sometimes a lot of our shows but it's not out of the fact that i don't want to think about it it's the fact that i every time i think further into it you
1: get pulled back and
0: forth yeah like you just you have one set of things that will lead you down the track, you're like, oh, but what is what about that one topic? Well, that one thing. And you're like, no, that can't be it. So every time I do it, I'm just like a weeble wobble yeah. of where <laughs> I'm going with everything that I I'm thinking about.
1: Yeah. So uh I don't know. Yeah, that no, that's kind of how I feel with this and this
0: it's, this case. It's sad. Uh not many of our stories end like this. Yeah. I mean, usually we go on to have some ghostly tales so we end it in kind of a way that's kind of I guess interesting, which I'm not saying we're not en- ending it not interestingly, but dang. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so you still have five families, you know, to this day that are
0: They don't know what happened. I don't know. One
1: one without any answers because yeah. Matthias is still missing. I think that's worse than actually, you know, Finding out that your loved one, something bad has happened, you know, murdered or at something least, like that. At least there's some finality to At least, at to least, least you know, you know, and you can lay them to rest. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? But that constant worrying yeah. and not knowing is just completely awful. Yeah. So I feel so bad for the families. Yep. Kathleen asked maybe Prozac. I'm not sure how old Prozac is. Uh, Yeah. Prozac has been around. I'm going to say since the, probably the fifties or sixties. Yeah. Trista likes my little uh, tag, a tree without roots is just a piece
0: of wood. That's deep man. That's deep man. Uh, I couldn't come up with anything for my funny phrase. And you said, keep it to something woodlandy. So that's what I did. Um, Jeanette, thanks for joining us. Trista, Kathleen, uh, Christina. I'm glad you popped in. I hope you're feeling better. Um, Do we have anything else? Do you have anything? To add?
1: Uh, no, I don't. I don't. I don't think I do. It's, it, like I said,
0: sad but fascinating case. If, uh, if any of y'all like to get, uh, further reading on, you can. Uh, we always set our sources at the top, um, of the link or the bottom of the link. Uh, get. We had some mental floss stuff this week too that I threw in there. So, if you get a chance, check those out. Uh, if you have any further reading books, anything like that, check those out. Uh, send them our way too, and I'll read them uh, best I can. Um. But I'd say that's about it for today. Obviously, we're kind of we're we're kind of short today. I mean, it won't be for you. Like I said, for the live uh, streaming viewers, it won't be any different. But for the podcast listeners, uh, yeah, it's gonna be kind of short, and that's kind of what we're hoping for. Um, at least to try it. I mean, like I said, if you liked if you like this format today, let us know. Um, obviously, this is our first one, so our reading of it. Uh, Usually, let's be honest we get usually several attempts when we do the pre-record yeah. we mess up a lot a <laughs> lot a lot so, a lot. <laughs> so this is going to be uh some, it's going to be different for us too so if you have any hard hard line uh answers uh to the question of should we change the format uh let us know email us get asked on the facebook page if you're on the facebook group get into this listen listen live to us get on our podcast group uh if and then the opposite too. if you're in the podcast group listen to the podcast uh audio it's fun we have seven like 700 some people but we only average about 100 listens a week get on that audio and see uh see if you like that too yeah we share spooky stuff and uh, we have a lot of uh creative people in there and people who contribute to the spookiness uh but it's really it's just a supplement to uh this show so we uh that was we made that group to help uh more content for the show so <laughs> go watch the show. So go. <laughs> anyway, uh, please stick around for us, uh, podcast listeners, for the musician, uh, musician spotlight this week. We have uh, Revelation Rain uh, this week, so uh, we'll we won't be doing that on here. We'll be doing that pre-recorded like we uh, usually do. So, other than that, do you have anything to add? Ah, uh, no, I think you covered it all. All <laughs> right. Again, one last time, check out Redline Radio. Download that app. Get on the browser. Check us out every Tuesday, four to five on some uh, rehashed content. Give us some love on that page to let them know that we brought you, that we're good to keep around. Yeah. Man. Anyway, <laughs> we'll see you next week, podcast listeners. Please uh, join us uh, Sunday for another live discussion. We're not going to say what it is. We're going to keep it a secret nope, this week. Nope.
1: You got, you got to tune in if you want to know. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> we love
0: you. We'll see you next week. See you next have week, guys. One. Be safe.
1: Bye-bye.
0: Bye. We'd like to thank you one last time for joining us this week. If you have any questions, comments, critiques, or stories you'd like to share, please email us at stpcmedia at gmail.com. If hearing us isn't enough, be sure to check out our website at www.supernaturaltendenciespodcast.com. Also, join us on the socials, Supernatural Tendencies Podcast, on both Facebook and Instagram, as well as Twitter, at weirdandscary.
1: While we do keep our content as free as we possibly can, if you would like to support the show monetarily, check out our Tee Public account by searching Supernatural Tendencies on Tee Public. We have shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, and phone cases, among many other things. Don't want to spend money? We'll gladly take reviews. No money needs to be spent if you hop on your podcast platform and give us a rating and review. Either way, we would be eternally grateful. If you get bored before next week's episode, be sure to join our Facebook group where many other like-minded people share stories and laughs until the show airs again. This has been Christy, Alex, and Christina. See you next time. Bye.
0: Yeah, we're back again with the Musician Spotlight. The after show, the show after the show, show after the show, <laughs> the ending of the show, show, the show wrap up show, show thing with a mysterious, <laughs> with a mysterious one this week that we're wrapping up. That's a pretty good show. Ooh. I don't know if it's that kind of mysterious, though.
1: Aww. Aww.
0: Aww. That's how it went. Kind of. <laughs> Kind of. It was a bad, it was this sensitive topic to me. Like As what? I started researching for it, I was like,
1: dang. I know, but you dang. made it worse with the whole Cheers thing. <laughs> you know, so that just like you're already, you know, and then... Oh, now i got
0: to watch the start of Cheers.
1: So we're going to rely on this music here to bring <laughs> us back up. Music this week brought to us
0: by Revelation Rain out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Have you ever been to
1: Grand Rapids? Uh no, I don't think I have. Daryl's
0: been to Grand Rapids. Daryl has. Daryl loves. Daryl loves Grand Rapids.
1: Daryl's like Johnny Cash. He's been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) I've been everywhere, man. He's so monotone.
0: Anyway, Revelation rain coming at us this week, like a hard rock, hard hard rockish, kind of thing. They're actually a Christian band, so they're actually spreading the word of Jesus through their hard rock wow they're gonna rock your faces off and provide an avenue for redemption (laughs) how can you say no with that you can't
1: i mean dang (laughs) (laughs) they're going that extra mile they
0: are aren't they like who provides tunes and savior and a savior
1: and if you can do it on Nothing. a Sunday, wraps it all up. That's good. <laughs> In, out, done.
0: Well, thank you, Revelation Rain, for pro- providing that for your listeners. If you're not pro- familiar with Revelation Rain, of course you need to check them out. Um, they didn't send me a Spotify link. I hope they're on Spotify. I'm going to try to hunt one up. Uh, they do have a website, so we're going to definitely post that one. I'll try to post a Facebook link as well. They do have a new album out. I'm not sure when it came out. I don't see. Oh, it says August of 2020. Ta-da! Uh, named vengeance is mine has some pretty sick cover art on it it's got some uh looks like statues of angels holding some fire with fire come down from the sky heck yeah <laughs> i like fire i like fire who doesn't like fire yeah like uh, unless fire's like eating your house and obviously you don't like and fire and then it's but no good no no Anyway, we're going to plug that for him. We'll try to put that picture up as well uh, for you. uh, Whenever you get a chance, hopefully it's sooner rather than later because you're going to kick yourself if you don't, check out Revelation Rain. We will provide those links for you. Uh, Today they let us uh, play a fantastic song. We hope you like it. It's called New Kind of Man, without any further ado, unless you have any objections. Nope. Go ahead
1: and spin it.